All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, it is Christmas week in the NFL, and very soon the teams will unveil their shiny new toys. For some teams, multiple shiny new toys in the first round of this draft. Now, real quick. I know the talk of the town is this draft feels different than previous drafts. Um, Maybe it's just because it's the week of the draft right now, and I am trying with every ounce of me to be excited considering my team at this moment doesn't have any stake in the first round of the pick. But I'm going to challenge the consensus for just a second here. There are a lot of... To me, there are a lot of talented players in this draft. What I think makes this draft feel different is there is no consensus, number one overall pick as of Monday, the week of the draft right now. Usually you, it's like that person, it's like tank for that person or that's locked and loaded weeks in advance. And the most obvious here is there is just a severe lack of stud quarterback play in this particular draft. But again, Outside of that, there is plenty of depth and I think plenty of players that will make an impact in this league soon enough and definitely a handful of players that are going to take some highly competitive teams over the top. What's your overall thought on just the draft in general when everybody says it's it it feels weaker than normal? I'm not going to say weaker. I mean... I, I've always said that this draft class – well, first of all, before I even answer that, are you not going to uh, let the listeners and the viewers uh, let know about our about the upgrade in our technology where Weston is sitting right now with uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch right behind him in, uh, ever so, in the war room of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so uh, please, uh, the whole, you have John Lynch looking over your shoulder this whole draft. You want to talk about micromanagement, they, hey, there you go. Uh, so to get back to your question, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a weak class. I've, I've said it, you know, numerous times and time and time again. However, the one thing it does have is uncertainty and uncertainty can still give you that, that excitement, that juice. And another thing that we're coming off, we're coming off a crazy postseason with NFL led by followed up by a crazier off season. So NFL fans are still high off of these these two, uh, these two seasons, the postseason, the offseason, and the uncertainty, not knowing who's going to go where and what have you. So I still think it's going to be exciting. But from a talent standpoint, and this is probably uh, a not popular take, don't love the talent um, tremendously in this year's draft. Okay. I, again, I'm challenging the consensus. I, I'm not going to say I'm in love with the talent, but I'm going to say this year is no different than any other year. There are impact players to be had. inevitably there will be uncovered gems in the later rounds when people just burst onto the scene that weren't expected, right? Like this just happens year, year in and year out. I think what makes this feel like I don't love the talent is there's a lot of O-line depth, a lot of defensive line depth. Maybe the skill positions feel a little bit different um, than normal. And then of course the talk of the town has for the last five or six weeks has not been about what quarterback is going number one overall in the draft, which is usually at this time, at this date, year over year, 
that's what the talk is, or it's some unquestionable stud on the defensive side of the ball, i.e. a defensive end um, that usually gets trumped out by a quarterback anyway, eventually when all said and done. Yeah, so, we've been, yeah, we've been spoiled the last couple of years. I mean, sure have. last year you had Lawrence, you know, uh, the lore of Lawrence. The years before you had Burrow. I mean, come on. I mean, those are like, you know, Tua and Herbert. Um, really, it was just Burrow and, and Tua. P- the people were really, you know, uh, lukewarm on uh, Herbert. But, like, you had a lot of big-name quarterbacks and a lot of great offensive tackles uh, and, and wide receivers. And you still have the wide receivers here. You got some offensive linemen, too. But I think you're right. I think when uh, when usually the consensus is when a draft does not have those stud uh, quarterbacks or, like, definite edge rushers, you know, it's perceived to be a little weak. Yeah. Um, not the most ideal time. I mean, outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars in this scenario, who in theory drafted the heir apparent last year, but still find themselves in this scenario. Usually the teams that are drafting at the top are quarterback starved. Right. And this is just not the year to address that for these particular teams. But we'll see, man. You know, if we've learned anything over time, it's that we know nothing um, as much as we like to think we do. And I think the reality is, and this was brought up in our last conversation, and this is not like un, unfounded territory by any means, but the reality is, is, you know, these teams developed their draft board. There's 32 picks in the first round. And when all said and done, you know, they might grade out 15 or 16 of these players that are actually worthy of a first round pick in the first place but you still got to make your selection if you're not able to slide out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you hear things like BPA or, Hey, I'm looking to trade back or teams might even reach for a position of need because, you know, if you're drafting 20 and beyond, like maybe your first 16 on your board are already gone. Right. So now it's just like, take who's next on your board sort of mm-hmm. thing. So listen, we'll we're, we're, we're very familiar with this Weston. Do we not do fancy football drafts? Isn't this just a glorified fancy football draft? But it, it really is. You know, if, if you really think about it, uh, that's why I know I'd be a great general manager in the NFL because I'm a fancy football god. Shit. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <laughs> the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I would be a great general manager. And All I right. do auction well, drafts, t- so I can put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> okay. So, tonight we're going to put that – somewhat into play so we will do our annual second annual but our annual first round mock draft this evening for listeners let's set the stage lou and i are going to be behaving as gms of the team we are going to pick based on what we think the teams will do not what weston and lou would do if they were that team now that's very important that's very important because when you, if you read a mock draft and you hear the author start talking about what the team needs to do and stuff like that, right then and there, you're just putting your own beliefs, uh, you know, onto the mock draft, which really, really means that you know nothing. You don't know what's really going on in that building. So you just try, you try to go into the eyes of the team uh, and, you know, you put your feet in their shoes. And that's how you look at past history, you know, their tendencies. Uh, and things of that nature. And that's how you come up with a good mock draft. Yeah. A lot of those mock drafts, you know, is projection, right? As to this is what we think they'll do. Or like you said, like what I 
would do in these scenarios, you know, but like what we learned very quickly, whether you're Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, the list goes on all who I think very highly of is they're not making decisions on behalf of the team. Um, that's just sometimes, what sometimes, sometimes they give these teams too much credit. You know, there are some dumbass yeah. teams out there. Sure are. Sure, <laughs> sure are. That's why there's constantly, there's a, a carousel of GMs yep. in the league and carousel of coaches because not everybody makes the right um, decision is what right. it is um, to set the stage. Lou will be taking um, the odd number picks. I will be taking the even number picks. So that means Lou will lead us off. There will be no trade scenarios no trade. for us this evening. So we will begin with the Jacksonville Jaguars at one and we will end with the Detroit Lions at number 32. And, of course, we we hope to give you some commentary in between as to why we feel this way. So, Lou, with that being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock to start off the 2022 NFL Draft. All right, so um, let's play – let's talk this one out, right? Because usually this should be like two seconds, this pick, because – Last year, I think it was Jacksonville too, and it was Trevor Lawrence. Boom! You just filled you just filled Bustard for a couple couple minutes and just went on to the next pick. Let's try like let's try really talk this one out here. Uh, at first, it was Aiden Hutchinson. That was a clear consensus. Now, the last couple of weeks, it's coming out like Trent Baalke likes those athletic freaks, and you're folk. He's leaning towards more Trayvon Walker uh, with the first overall pick. Uh, they keep on citing. Uh, he passed over some players like J.J. Watt and, you know, and, and some other players for Alden Smith, and Alden Smith was an athletic freak. Yes, uh, great. I understand. Now it's starting to come out that, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars, now my surprise everyone, and when they're talking about that, it's talking about uh, maybe Icky now being the first overall pick uh, because they might give their new coach, Doug Peterson, uh, another offensive lineman, in order to ensure the protection of Lawrence, because if you look what Doug Peterson did back when he was with the Eagles, he shored up the offensive lineman. However, all that being said, there's one thing that people are not looking at. The owner of the, the Jacksonville Jaguars was really hands-on this offseason. Nor That's not him. That's not how he normally rolls. He lets his general manager do everything. And he just, you know, he just trusts the football guys. But this year he went to the NFL Combine. And now he's just being more involved in this offseason and this draft, this draft, uh, uh, this draft process as well. So this is what it's coming out to. Doug Peterson wants Icky. Trent Balky wants Trayvon Walker. Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, owner, wants Hutchinson. Tell you right now, in my opinion, I don't think a possible lame duck GM is going to get what he wants. I don't think I don't think Trent Baalke is going to get his wish. I know he's probably pounding the table for it. And Khan is the type of guy I feel like if he's getting involved, he's going to get involved. So the pick is in with the first overall pick of the 2022 draft. The Jacksonville Jaguar select Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher. From Michigan. All right. I mean, listen, for a couple weeks, that was that was the thought, right? I think 
the Trayvon Walker scenario has kind of played itself into existence over a week or so, and certainly as of late, and very much so because we know what Trent Balky covets and aligns to, um, and Trayvon Walker fits that mold. I don't think you can go wrong with Aiden Hutchinson here. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know there's a lot of slander out there that this guy is more athletic and blah, blah, blah than the Bosa brothers. And I think that's just a lot of rhetoric to hype up as we're getting close to the, the actual draft. But one thing I do know about Aiden Hutchinson is he's high motor, relentless. He is a, a natural leader right on the field and leads by example so if there is no consensus number one overall, like is he going to live up to number one overall build? I don't know. But what I can tell you is you're going to get a ton of effort. You're going to get accountability um, and someone that like you're not going to look – I don't think you'll look back on and have regret that you drafted with the first overall pick. Let me say something. So just like with the draft with Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher was a really good player. But would you say, he, you know, is that – a number one overall pick you you would have loved to have back then? Probably not. I mean, it was a weak draft. But he still was really good for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I kind of feel like in this situation, the Jacksonville Jaguars were trying to manufacture some hype well, on the on the Trayvon Walker hype train. And they're like, okay, he's rising, he's rising. Oh, we want him now unless you guys want to trade up for him type of thing. So I feel like they were trying to maybe – um uh you know, play off of that. So, as of, yep. listen, my, my my final mock draft comes out Thursday uh, morning. So, as of right now, I'm leaning towards Aiden Hutchinson. All right. So, your final mock draft when it comes out, are you leaning? You you're drafting again off of what they sh- they will do, not what they should do, right? Correct. And you yeah. put so that out for I will, listeners. I will post that out on Thursday on the WTF uh, at WTF Pod NFL uh, Instagram page and Twitter too. Uh, that's you know. That's that's my bread and butter, and right now I'm leaning toward Aiden Hutchinson. This is like a sneak peek. Uh, for listeners, I don't put out a mock draft. I <laughs> prefer to sit back and just critique and criticize Lou throughout the entire time. It's just an Got easy that way. one wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, nice job there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> all right, so next up on the clock is the Detroit Lions. Your team. See, I, team. that's why I went first. I wanted my to team, team. My team. Um, I'll say this. Uh, no secret, the Detroit Lions are a quarterback star of team. They have a bridge quarterback right now, a serviceable bridge quarterback who had moments last year, but those moments will not never be enough to get this team over the hump. We talked about how this is a quarterback star of draft. There's been conjecture by a number of folks that think that, like, do the lines address the quarterback at number two overall? And in my opinion, reach tremendously for a Malik Willis. I've seen Cody, I mean, Kenny Pickett slotted in this in some mock drafts at number two overall. And I get it, right? Like the allure of taking the quarterback that early. Good news for Lions fans is they do have a second first round pick where I think they have the ability to address that. So that being said, I look at this roster um, and what I think the general manager will do, what I think Dan Campbell will influence is 
continuing on the path with his we're taking kneecap kind of guys. Um, and what better place to do that outside of the offensive line, defensive line? They addressed off they addressed offensive line early last year with Penny Sewell, um, who I'd argue that I feel like they got lucky that Sewell fell into their lap where and when he did, based on how the draft board um kind of played out. So the pick is in. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Trayvon Walker, Edge from Georgia. Yeah, no, um, that would make sense. Uh, he's one of he's, you know, if you want to bite some kneecaps or whatever, you better get a dog. And Trayvon Walker is that dog. Uh, they have nothing really along that defensive front. I mean, they did uh, draft two interior defensive linemen last year. Uh, this just makes sense. They passed, they passed, uh, they went away from flowers, their edge rusher that they got from, uh, new England. This is, yeah, this is probably where, uh, Walker would go if he doesn't go one. So I wanted, I do go, want to go on record for a second. This is a projection pick, right? If anybody listened to our last week's show, I mentioned that Trayvon Walker was my boomer bust prospect. I don't think NFL scouting folks are naive to that either. This is about the intangibles. This is not so much about like what's on tape and what the production said. This just says like this guy has the capability to be something special. I do personally think this is a disservice to this gentleman being drafted this early because it's going to set unobtainable expectations in my opinion anytime we're talking about somebody that goes in the top five um there's no way this guy falls out of the top five based on the way conversations are going over the last two weeks or so and i just think right now for detroit it's 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 the natural fit and i i do believe this is what the general management of detroit will will decide on if it's not if walker goes one will be Hutchinson. It's going to yeah. be one of these two guys. Exactly. And you know what? If Walker doesn't go to um, he's most he's 100% going three yeah. to the Texans. So. He's he's not falling outside the top five. Alright. So All right. I am the Houston Texans with the, with the they have two picks. I think it's uh, third and 13. And um, just, you have to get into the mindset. Do they think David, uh, you know, Davis Mills is their quarterback of the future? Well, that's a, that's a valid question. There's been talks. Lovey Smith uh, made some comments about uh, upgrading the secondary. Uh, I think last week, so that automatically people started thinking, "Hey, you know, Sauce Gardner or Stingley, you know, he's actually in play at three." Uh, to be honest with you, so is there a corner uh, available at three? But I really feel like they think Mills is their their quarterback, and they want to build around with this first overall pick. And looking at pretty much, you know, this team's offensive makeup, they have their left tackle already, Laramie Tunsil. They could part with him after next after this year. They have a, a serviceable right tackle in Titus Howard. I think uh, fortifying the offensive line would make the most sense. Add another offensive lineman to you know to protect you know uh, your young possible. Uh, you know, quarterback, what's the worst thing for a young quarterback? It's pressure. You know, look what happened to uh, Sam Darnold, uh, him seeing ghosts, you know, with the Jets, and he just never, re- you know, rebounded from there. So now you have to start thinking, okay, what about Fitz? I think, well, 
there's one individual who's athletic enough who I feel will be a natural left guard uh, for the Houston Texans. And if they do part with uh, Larry Tunsil, he can slide, kick out to left, left tackle. And the pick is in for the Houston Texans. With the third overall pick, the Houston Texans take Icky Aquanu, offensive tackle from NC State. He's athletic, high upside, uh, can go right next to Laramie Tunsil. If they part with Laramie Tunsil next year, guess what? Kick him out to left tackle. Uh, if, if they decide to keep Tunsil, guess what? They have an all-pro uh, you know, left guard, a good left tackle, and, and a decent right tackle. I, I mean, listen, I love the pick because I think somebody like Icky, you can put him in anywhere on that line right now, right? I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. you do have your left tackle. You do have Tunsil. I mean, this could have been Icky. This could have been somebody else, right? But I think the position they're going to address is going to be the offensive line. I do believe if Walker that, is gone, yes. Yeah, I do believe that they want to build around – the offense and specifically this quarterback. I mean, Davis Mills was more than serviceable last year, more than serviceable. Um, could very well be the future quarterback. Obviously, we know what their quarterback of the future has since part, parted ways. Um, it is what it is. Um, I I agree wholeheartedly that they're going to address the offensive line, even with some other people sitting out there. So I'm going to make the next one real short and real sweet. The New York Jets are up on at number four. Um, they have two picks in the top 10 as well, uh, four and 10 to be specific. Uh, you can't, you literally can't look at a mock draft and not see this player associated <laughs> to this team. Um, I, he's definitely a top five talent in this draft to me. He makes a, a, a ton of sense based on what the New York Jets actually need, right? And where they can take this opportunity to improve and not be reaching um, and get the player that is the, the best fit. So the pick is in for the New York Jets at number four. And with the number four overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the New York Jets select defensive back sauce Gartner Cincinnati. All right, so let me talk about that a little bit. Uh, I think Robert Sala wants uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think he's going to get his wish, though. I don't no, think Joe Douglas is going to pull this string. Well, Joe Douglas, I feel like wants another offensive lineman. So I, I actually think they're going to comp- they could possibly compromise and then go with Sauce Gardner. Uh, I got to think about it. Dolphins have Tyreek Hill, Waddle. The Bills have Diggs. They have Jets have absolutely nothing. I'm talking about nothing in the secondary position. And Sauce Gardner provides you length, athleticism, speed. Uh, they're going to need so, someone like him. And yeah, it, it does make sense. So you, you know, pair him opposite DJ Reed, who you just brought in in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Things are quickly on top of Jordan Whitehead, who you brought in, Ashton Davis. Things are, are quickly looking up on in the defensive backfield. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Got to go against Buffalo twice a year, Miami twice a year. 
you know. All right. So I have a lot of pressure on me, by the way, with these with uh, my next two selections. I have. The oh, you got the pick. G-Man twice. <laughs> so Gi- Giants fans are either going to love me or hate me. And <clears throat> it's going to be interesting um, because there's numer- numerous ways they can definitely go here. And I feel like ultimately they would love to trade maybe not this pick, the fifth pick, maybe the seventh pick overall. Uh, for our future first rounder and move back a little bit, but we're not doing trades. We're not talking about trades in this mock draft. So let's talk about the elf in the room with the the fifth overall pick offensive line Uh, giants need offensive line help. They've always need offensive line help the last like five years. I feel like they've been towards the bottom when it comes to pass protection, run blocking, you name it, They, they can't do it. All right. They've tried numerous different things. Nate Soldier, uh, Zeitler, like they just can't get it right there. Now, Andrew Thomas, he had a nice, you know, he, he started off a little rocky in his rookie year, did pretty good, you know, finished the year strong, had a good, you know, second year campaign. But, you know, you need more than just Andrew Thomas. And I think right here, you're probably asking me, Lou, why wouldn't they go for one, another position knowing that they haven't, they, you know, worst case scenario, they can get an offensive lineman at seven. You want your guy. That's what it comes down to. And I feel like the Giants are really infatuated with one offensive lineman in particular. They did a lot of work with on this gentleman uh, to his pro day. There's been a lot of smoke there. Some say he's the best pass protector in the in the this NFL draft. So with the fifth overall pick. Hold on. The pick is in. Pick is in. With the fifth overall pick, the New York football Giants select Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. G-Men fan, fans probably don't love it based on a particular name that's sitting on the board right now, but I think there's potential for them to land that individual hey, hey. at seven anyway. Hey. This is not I, what I would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I get they, it. But I'm... they they worked him out extensively at right tackle during his pro day for a long time, and you know you can't tell me because of that and his ability to be the best pass uh, pass blocking offensive tackle. There's no smoke there. No, I mean, yeah, there's smoke there. There's plenty of smoke there, as they should be, right? Um, it's. I think we would all agree, and I think even Brian Dabble realizes that the quarterback of the future is not on this team right now. So what better way to prepare for when that quarterback is here than to build around him and to build around him to keep him upright? It's the most important reason. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think you're forgetting about Tyrod Taylor that they have on their roster. Listen, I will not. To- <laughs> I will not tolerate Tyrod Taylor slander. I I love Tyrod. Um, all right. So I, listen, solid pick, and like I'd I'd be plenty pleased with uh, Charles Cross for sure. So next up is six overall with the Carolina Panthers. God knows where they go with this one. See, that's that's where the the rub lies for me is. All these quote unquote mock draft experts will tell you that this is 
probably a quarterback and Sam Darnold's there and Matt rule is probably at a point of desperation right now and retaining his job. But I honestly believe that I believe that there's not a quarterback in here that's going to save anybody's job. So I have to imagine that general managers in the NFL probably carry the same sentiment that there's not somebody here who's going to literally, I'm going to plug in day one and is going to change the tide, you know, for, for my outcome and whatnot. So what else do I need right beyond that, that quarterback per se? So again, this has been a really attractive spot for Malik Willis at six overall. I've seen a few with Kenny Pickett six overall. Well, let's talk about Kenny Pickett real quick. The reason yeah. why there's a little smoke with Kenny Pickett is because Matt rule, who's the head coach of the Carolina Panthers recruited Kenny Pickett at temple to temple. Yep. So there is some infatuation there. So that is why Kenny Pickett is getting a lot of possible play at the six overall selection by the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. I digress. No, no, no. I mean, that's precisely why he's getting speculation at six, right? And then not again for a long time. And it's because of that direct correlation to Matt Rule. My gut tells me that they go in a, a completely different direction, defined logic, and based on a, a certain someone being available, I, I think I think the Carolina Panthers roll with Sam Darnold. They roll like, hey, maybe we get Christian McCaffrey back a little bit healthier. We just invested in Robbie Anderson. Let's get another year with uh, with more, right? Like there's just things that they, they have some nice pieces, but like we got to protect the quarterback. And the, for me, the picks for the Carolina Panthers, the pick is in. With the sixth overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select offensive tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal. Yep. I fully believe it's going to be an offensive lineman there as well. Um, I'm not sure if the general manager will let Matt rule do what Matt Nagy did pick a quarterback, like a, a, a young quarterback trying to save his job. Like they, you already see what, ha- what seen what happened. And I think you don't just, you know, you're picking this selection because, it's the best possible, best player available, and um, it's just the right move, you know, for the Carolina I, Panthers' point. I just think when you're at a crossroads, like you can never go wrong. I mean, when you talk about Neil Cross, Ekwonu, like these are good players. Like they're good play, right? Like it's not like they're up there because they're like up there and there's a lack. Like there's they're foundational pieces, right? So if you're at a crossroads, like take the guy that can probably play in the league for eight to ten years, right? Like versus someone who might fizzle out. And the one thing that you said, Lou, that I think is the best point that we've made in quite some time is that the general manager is not going to let rule reach out of desperation. The difference between what took place in Chicago is pace and Nagy were tied together. They were both going packing. There's a different guard in where I do believe the GM in Carolina it's not directly tied to the success of Matt rule and the coaching staff. So he's like, no, 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 you will not make this pick and screw up my longevity here. Right. I am going to make this pick. So when you are gone at the end of next season, 
I still have some foundational pieces here, and that's why I believe it to not be a quarterback. Um, so not only is this what I think they will do, I'm going to come out and say it. This is what I would do as well in this particular scenario. Yep. So I actually think also picks six, seven, eight, and nine are all really popular picks for tradebacks. So I actually do think they would probably want to trade back, maybe recruit because they don't have a second or third round pick, right? So uh, the Carolina Panthers. So recoup some picks, um, you know, and you know try to build more depth around this team. So this is the crazy part, though, because you've been reading and it's been going on for the last couple of days, right? That everybody's trying to trade back. Everybody's trying to trade back. <clears throat> While I said before, there's a, a lot of good players in this draft. They're good players when you just stay pat. Like, is there really anybody that you need to trade up for? Right? Like, you can sit and but, like uh, you know what I'll right let's let's talk about this next pick right yep the New York Giants I'm a firm believer they're not picking here whatsoever I don't think so I think based on the way the board sits right now they're like if this is exactly how it falls they're not trading out of this spot in my opinion they're not okay. trading out of this spot so I'm sure Giants fans right now are foaming at the mouth mouth for me to select you know Kayvon Thibodeau. And once again, if I'm the Giants, I'm doing that too. Still haven't decided who I'm going to pick right now for the Giants. But I'm a firm believer the Giants are getting on the phone or there could be the, the, the Contra team, the New Orleans Saints are getting on the phone and say, hey, we'll give you the 16th and 19th pick overall to move up to seventh. We want you know, a certain player. And it could be a quarterback. Maybe it's Willis. There's no offensive tackle really there, so it's not probably not probably offensive tackle because of how the the board uh, fell. Could be a cornerback too, by the way, uh, a homegrown cornerback, by the way. All right, don't forget they've been looking for a long time. They tried to trade up last year for Sertain, uh, the New Orleans Saints. So they've been looking for a long time to to pair up Lattimore with a, like a, a really good uh, uh, boundary cornerback. <clears throat> so. It all comes down to this. I'm hearing things that Thibodeau is going to slip a little bit. And I'm a little shocked by that. I thought he would go to the Jets, but apparently he's going to have a little fall. And I don't think as a new coach, new GM, maybe you want to put up with his off the field antics. I think there's, a, you know, who knows what's going on. It, it, it depends who you ask. I mean, it's some people are concerned that, you know, Thibodeau went to the draft. I mean, went to the combine, did a couple of things, and then bounced and peaced out. So that's a little discerning. Whatever. So I actually don't have the Giants going edge here. So where does that leave them? Ah, the Giants would have loved Sauce Gardner at seven. They would have loved them some Sauce Gardner at seven. He ain't there. But there's another cornerback out there that's been picking up a lot of steam lately, right? The Giants are probably going to have to either trade or release Bradbury for cap purposes. So they're going to be a little thin in the secondary, in the back end of that defense. And with and the pick is in. Pick is in. There you go. With the seventh overall selection, the New York football Giants take – Derek Stinley, cornerback, LSU. 
So I don't hate this pick at all. Like I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Stingley fan. Me too. Uh, it's neck and neck, to be honest with you, like CB1 in this draft between him and Gardner. Now, everyone's going to talk about Stingley. Injuries uh, and blah, injuries, blah, blah, whatever. Blah. You know, last year at subpar play, guess what? Uh, he had a he had like the what the limp Frank injury in his foot in August, and he gutted it out for the first couple of weeks with the LSU, and just couldn't go anymore. When you get that type of injury, usually out for the year. So he really tried. That shows guts. That shows determination. He killed his pro day. Apparently today he came out that, that he does not have to go through a medical recheck. That's how good his foot looked. And, his, and uh, But this guy is a ball hawk. He, he's fantastic. He hits. He tackles. Um, this this is this is a really good pick for New York Giants fans. I'm sorry you didn't get your edge rusher, but sometimes it's not what you see on the field. It's what you hear, what you do off the field, and I think that's the concern with a young with a new coach and a new GM. So, a couple things. If Stingley was able to come out after his freshman year, he would have been the number one corner drafted after his freshman year. Um, the kid is the kid's a baller. Um, I'd argue that a subpar year from a guy who plays in the SEC um, versus a standout year from the guy who plays at Cincinnati, um, those two things are not neck and neck. What Sauce has that makes him number one is he's got that that size, that oh, length. Yep. yep, you know what I mean? He's all athletic and, and yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah. But I'd even argue there were times where Sauce's counterpart, Kobe Bryant, looked better than Sauce did throughout the year. And seeing more of the targets where teams just like literally just stayed away from him, right? Like, we're just not even going to target this guy. Getting like Dion treatment out there. But uh, if I'm if I'm G-Men fans and this is the you're picking at seven and this is the pick, I'm thrilled with what you just walked away with at five and seven overall couple cornerstones uh to your team for sure with fifth year options by the way with fifth year options yeah you know um all right atlanta has some atlanta has some deciding to do right now my god this is what i love about the nfl draft man it's like you prepare so long with an expectation that it's going to fall a certain way and then you're just like oh shit yeah like I mean, Atlanta could be licking their chops right now for a couple different, right? I mean, like, they got some people that they can look at. Good news, bad news. Atlanta Falcon fans, no matter who you select, it's probably not wrong because you need a lot of help. That's what it comes down to, right? (laughs) Like, you need a lot of help all over the place. Calvin Ridley's not playing this year. You drastically need to bolster the defensive side uh, of of that team. It's... Oh, man, like, where do they go in this scenario? I bet you were hoping I was like, uh, I was going to take uh, Thibodeau to make it that much easier on you at seven, huh? No, right because eight. I don't know if I don't know if corners on their radar right now. This no, meaning like if, if I if I took Thibodeau, it would eliminate an option for Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so I bet you were hoping that like it would have made it yeah. too easy. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But guess you're what? Right. You're right. No. <laughs> uh, no. Wow. Wow. I know a lot of people are are linking wide receiver to this team right now and wide receivers probably not the wrong pick, but I feel like in a rebuilding team, 
you got to address the more important positions. It's just what my gut tells me. Um, I had one name top of mind here, and now there's another name sitting here <laughs> that I expected to be gone. I just think the allure, the upside of this individual is probably too much for this team to pass up in all sincerity. So I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the pick and then I'm going to tell you who I was really torn over outside of this. Is Is that fair? That's fair. I'll allow it. All right. Pick is in with the eighth overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. The Atlanta Falcons select edge rusher from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. That's the pick. Uh, I go ahead, talk to me. So, who's the, who are you between? So, if Thibodeau wasn't there, I was torn between Jermaine Johnson mm-hmm. from Florida State, which I, I feel bad even saying the name because he's probably coming up in the next few picks anyway. But also wide receiver because there is a glaring need, right? And there is a a Garrett Wilson sitting at the top of this. I I think when I think of Atlanta Falcons, I think Garrett Wilson is the most likely fit prototypical type Atlanta Falcon wide receiver and kind of replaces what they lost in Calvin Ridley. You know what I mean? Like just like a similar skill set of sorts. So that was, that was, I think I was erring more towards Garrett than I was Jermaine Johnson. But if Kayvon Thibodeau is sitting there, I mean, dude, at the start of the season, I know he had a rough season. I know there's some questions, but at the start of the collegiate season, like this was actually the consensus number one overall pick in the draft. And if he finds his way to you at eight overall, I think what tips the scales is they use number four last year on the tight end. Right. This year, the the number one overall pick just feels like it's or then your first round pick feels like it's going to probably tilt to the defensive side of the ball. It's just what it smells like to me. Yeah. And they, just because they need a wide receiver, we said this is this this draft. You can get a, a starting wide receiver probably into the end of round three, early round four. Well, so you don't need to get a wide receiver. Yes. They're going to upgrade at wide receiver no matter when they pick the wide receiver. Right. It's going to be an upgrade of sorts over who's on the roster right now. I mean, dude, you're literally talking about Zacchaeus, Auden Tate, Demir Bird, Frank Darby. Those are your wide receivers, right? If you take a wide receiver in the first – somewhere in the first three rounds, pencil them in as a starter for your team. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the Seattle Seahawks um, have the ninth overall pick, and they are following uh, the Atlanta Falcons – and there's a saying, birds of a feather flock together. And you were saying whoever Atlanta picked was going to be an upgrade on them. Guess what? Seahawks are right there along with them. They need so much help that no matter who they pick, it's it's going to be a good pick because that's how, you know, devout of talent this team is. Now, I went to ad nauseum about the New York Giants, a seven trading back. I went over or I went over the conspiracy theory at our previous show. If you haven't listened to that yet, you need to do yourself a favor. Go listen to that, that uh, last show. A bunch of great tidbits in there. But <clears throat> I think now this is another conspiracy theory I have. There's a trade right here. Seahawks love to trade back. They love to trade back. 
and there's a player on the board right now that another team covets. And we're not, we're, we can't do trades, but you best believe Mike Tomlin is calling the Seahawks right now to trade up for a quarterback. So uh, that's what I think is going to happen at this, at this moment in time that the Seahawks will trade with the Steelers so the Steelers can get Malik Willis. But that's neither here nor there. We can't do that here. So where, do, where does that leave us now? Well, they need offensive tackle. Is this too rich for Trevor Penning? Probably. All right. There's a bunch of other positions, you know, they need help with too. <clears throat> if you didn't pick Thibodeau at eight, he was going nine. I feel like he's the, he would have been the perfect um, location and everything. He just it would have been the perfect selection for the Seattle Seahawks. But they have to kind of go to plan B here, which is a great plan B. And there's also going to address the defensive side of the ball. Um, the pick is in for the Seattle Seahawks. And with a ninth overall selection in the 2022 NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks take Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida State. Now, Jermaine Johnson, there are some people in the league that say that he's close talent-wise to Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm not one of them, but the, uh, you know there has been reports saying that would you rather a lesser, a lesser um, prospect but less off-the-field issues versus a better prospect but more off-the-field issues? He's a, so I think there's, there is that, um, there's that debate right there. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, he's phenomenal. He has a great speed to power bull rush. Uh, it just feels like he can play that Leo uh, in – or not that Leo, I'm sorry, that, that defensive end position in that 4-3 uh, – you know, scheme right there in Seattle. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, another team devoid of talent that if they stay pat, it's going to fall so many different ways. And the Jets just, are probably pissed with this pick too because I feel like he would have been on their radar. If he was to fall to them at 10, 100% on their radar. Um, but I just feel like it's just really hard in this type of draft class to ignore like – what would be defined as top tier edge talent in the class when it falls to you. It's just hard to ignore it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these these guys are are far and few between. Um that's to me that's the pick, right? Like if Jermaine Johnson falls to them at nine and they they are short on trade prospects, to me it was either Stingley or somebody like Jermaine Johnson. So that's yeah. just the way it was going to fall. So Next up with their second selection in the, the first round is the New York Jets. I agree with you that if Jermaine Johnson was gone, the Jets were probably, albeit making two defensive picks in the top 10 of the NFL draft seems a little hairy. Uh, one can argue they might not possess this pick in, in a couple of days, depending how things progress. Um, targeting a certain individual, but their targeting of that certain individual who will remain nameless is going to influence what this pick would be if they're going to make it. Again, the edge rusher gone. They've already dressed the corner back position. To me, this is a wide receiver all day long. All day long. They drafted Elijah Moore last year with the their second-round pick, I believe, right? Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. With their second-round pick. There's a number of interesting prospects for them to go tap right now, whether it's Garrett Wilson, whether it's Drake London, who just 
feels like a jet prospect. Um, just overhyped, overinflated, whatever it might be. Uh, but I think they bypass both of those individuals, to be honest. I'm going to make the pick, and then I'll give my explanation as to why I think this is the pick if this is the way the board falls. So the pick is in. With the number 10 overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select wide receiver from Alabama, Jameson Williams. All right, let me let me caveat that, right? Um, I don't think they can go wrong if it's if it's Williams, if it's Wilson. I do think they can go wrong if this is Drake London. I don't necessarily agree with the consensus that he should be considered this high in the first round. I know he's 6'9", runs a 4-1-8-40, right, if you believe folklore out in, in USC land, even though he's never ran and measured smaller than everybody advertised him to be. That being said, I think of I think of who's at the helm right now. I look at Rob, not Rob, not so much Robert Sala, but Mike LaFleur calling the offensive plays. I look who's down in Miami and I see Mike McDaniel. And I know Mike McDaniel's just getting there. But I see a tool on that team, on the San Francisco 49ers, and now potentially on the New York Jets that just feels eerily similar not in the wide back role but in terms of creativity usage and finding unique ways to get the ball in this individual hands and he feels like Jalen Waddle to me he just feels like it like I think Jamison Williams has all the tools I know he's coming off injury rumors are it's ahead of schedule etc so I know you make this pick at number 10 overall and you understand that like you might not even have him for the first month of the entire season so you're able to bide time with what you have but Jamison Williams to me is a very crisp route runner he's someone that you can line up outside he's somebody you can line up in the slot and he's somebody that you can find unique ways to get the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays after the catch for you and that is becoming the prime wide receiver in the nfl lou when you and i were growing up it was all about possession wide receiver possession wide receiver possession wide receiver there's a few of them still remaining right but this is becoming the new fad like who can i scheme open who plays close who can play close to the line of scrimmage when need be to help support my quarterback and then who can take the top off the defense if we want to as well? And Jamison can do all of those things. Like, if he wasn't coming off a torn ACL, I don't even think it's a question. I think everybody's talking about as wide receiver number one in this outside of me based on my other beliefs. But, like, he's definitively up there. And for me, this guy just feels like the guy that Mike LaFleur would want in the offense. Okay, so I'm going to – I would disagree. There was talks that the Jets wanted Wilson – and they don't think he's going to be there. So if Wilson's there, I think he's the guy. And no matter where you look, there's a lot of chatter about the Jets wanting a bigger receiver. And so I just don't know if the Jets, was this Salah's third year with the Jets, right? I don't know if they can really afford to wait another a month before one of their top picks comes back from injury, shakes off the rust. They need to start showing competitive snap, uh, uh, you know, being competitive now. 
I don't know if this is the pick. It could very well be, but I would think if, if uh, Wilson's still on the board, uh, then that would be the pick. So, uh, but hey, listen, I'm a. I think Williams uh, wide receiver one, but for what I, for what I was like reading and everything, I know they liked Wilson. I know they like London, but I don't know. We'll see. I think you know. Hey, I know we like this person. I know we like this person, but guess what? We're gonna take this person. Right? Yeah, like we see this all the yeah. time in the draft. Um, I don't think the Jets would be opposed to creating a little bit of smoke around some of this, mm-hmm. like sniffing at Gary Wilson and someone being getting a little desperate. Like I'll trade up three or four spots for that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you get even a little bit more collateral, get some more depth in a depth heavy type draft. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm coming out and saying like Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams. I don't think you're wrong either way. This to me just smells like a Mike LaFleur guy. Okay. All right. So the 11th, uh, we should pick up the pace. It's, you know, it's only in the 11th. Yeah yeah, pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So ready? The 11th overall pick is the Washington Commanders. And um, well, here comes the run for wide receivers. Ron Rivera went to Ohio State's uh, pro day. He's only gone to like, I think like five pro days in his whole career, Ron Rivera. And every pro day he's gone to, he selected a player from, uh, you know, that um, that college. So they're going to want to pair someone up with uh, Terry McLaurin. And, my initial, you know, realistically, I probably think it's Christian Olave. Uh, uh, Chris Olave, sorry. But uh, with another individual still on the board, I think they, they actually bypassed that. And uh, the pick is in for the Washington Commanders. And with, and with the 11th overall selection, the Washington Commanders take Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from the Ohio State. Uh, he provides – he's fast. Uh, he has great hands. What differentiates him from Olave is he provides more run-after-catch capability than Olave. Olave is more of a burner where he's more of a playmaker uh, close to the line. So I think that gives him a great one-two punch with uh, Terry McLaurin. And uh, he fits the bill. Ron Rivera went to Ohio State. So I think he'll be happy with either of those wide receivers. Yeah, um, I agree. The run's going to the run's going to begin. You need another weapon to pair opposite of um, McLaurin for sure. Uh, we saw what what's his face. Couldn't stay on the field last year. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the name here. Come bail me out. Samuel. Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. Thank you. Um, couldn't stay on the stay out there. So all right. So with the 12th overall pick, we're looking at the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Minnesota Vikings are furious that Derek Stingley is no longer on the board. I think yep. they're furious that Jermaine Johnson is no longer on the board. Um I think they're quite comfortable with what they have on the offensive side of the ball. They're probably always looking for an opportunity to bolster the O-line. Nobody here screams like, pick me at 12. That's going to change what they have right now. So I think the obvious thing is this is a defensive side of the ball type pick, in my opinion. And I think they're going to reach a little bit here. I think they need cornerback help. So for me, the pick's in. With the 12th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select cornerback 
from Washington, Trent McDuffie. No, that's the pick, man. I hear a little rumblings. Ultimately, if Stingley is not there, they would like to trade back a little bit. Maybe a team like the Chargers. Eh. Maybe a team like the, the Saints or the Steelers. And they would suck. I think that's a, that's a realistic option for them, uh, Minnesota. Well, Lou, let's call it what it is. We love ourselves some Washington DBs, right? I do, I do, man, I do. So. You ain't never reaching in my eyes. Yeah. All right, so we have uh, the second uh, first-round selection for the Houston Texans at 13. So Texans need ballplayers, and there's a name out there right now that maybe the beginning of the draft process, process you'd be a little shocked to feel like, he, wow, he's still there. And what did I allude to before? Levy Smith was talking about cornerbacks and, you know, back end of um, <clears throat> the, the back end, you know, of that secondary improving. Um, I think they're just taking BPA here because they need, as, as the, you know, they need ballers and they don't have anyone right now. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. The pick is in for the Houston Texans. And with the 13th overall selection of the 2022 NFL draft, the Houston Texans select Kyle Hamilton safety of Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. He, some people convert, compare him to Derwin. He's not Derwin. He's not that athletic, but he's, he's a good ball player, man. He, he can be a safety. He can, he can be a good will linebacker. He could be a chess piece, you know, for years to come. He, what makes Kyle Hamilton really good is his size his football IQ and his instincts. So he ran a four seven at the combine and everyone was shocked by that because they thought he was faster. It's his instincts that gets him that his play die, you know, diagnoses that really separates us him from like a lot of uh, the other competitors in the at the safety position. And I think you could see a Jordan Davis here too, because the GM of the Texans, they, uh, you know, he is from that mold of the New England Patriots. They like those hog mollies in the middle of that team. So I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Davis is here too. But I just think Kyle Hamilton is the better value here. I love this pick if Kyle falls to him, especially with Justin Reed moving on, right, to, to Kansas City, right? There's a, an immediate need. Um, I think his workout hurt him a little bit, right? So his value is, is slid, but, I mean, the tape tells you he can play football, right? Like this is a good football player and the Houston Texans need good football players right now. So I think they would be thrilled with this pick. So, <clears throat> all right. Who's that leave me with 14 overall. We got Baltimore. I think Baltimore's in a conundrum. I think Baltimore is one of the teams that will desperately be looking to trade back. Mm -hmm. um, some of the players that they probably were targeting are no longer there. Like uh, maybe a Trent McDuffie. They love their defensive backs. Um, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this pick because if I'm the general manager and I look at areas that I need to upgrade, I feel like the offensive line screams I need to upgrade. I don't – do we know what Ron, Ronnie Staley – I know we signed him to a long term, but do we? is he the epitome of health right now? Um, Morgan Moses, eh. You know, I, I just think there's an opportunity to 
improve in some capacity. So for me, the or for the Baltimore Ravens, the pick is in. And with the 14th overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens select center from Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum. Totally disagree with you here, man. I don't <laughs> see. I thought you were going to go with Trevor Penning. There's been rumors there uh, because the general manager of Baltimore saying that, hey, uh, they need to have a contingency plan for Stanley. And they, what was the right Morgan Moses? It's really a one year deal. So after that, they, you know, they, they can get it from out, out from under that uh, deal with Morgan Moses. So Trevor Penning has been kind of been in play here. And the mom's starting to realize, like, hey, all right, so let's say they don't go on uh, offensive tackle. They could really improve upon the interior of that offensive line. And one of the best players, I think, in this draft, uh, I raved about with the senior bowl, Zion Johnson, who plays guard. He's played right tackle, and he's played center. That's what I thought you were going with. I'm like, that would have been a sneaky good fucking pick right there. Don't think Tyler Linderbaum would be the selection there. Uh, he's a zone scheme. They're not really a zone r- rushing. But I get what you're saying, though, in that regards. The interior offensive line, I just would have liked to see Zion Johnson there. Yeah. Listen, I not the pick I would make. The pick I would make is if I'm ever addressing the offensive line in the first round, 9 out of 10, I'm addressing the bookends. Mm-hmm. Right? So who's the obvious bookend? You just mentioned it. Uh, Penning, I just – I feel like when I think of the successful runs run game of the Baltimore Ravens, a lot of it was good center play that anchored that foundation, good communication between the center and the quarterback being on the same page line checking. I mean, there's a lot to like about Tyler Linderbaum. I know he comes from a different scheme, but there's nothing about his tape that tells me he can't adapt, you know, in any way, shape or form, but I agree, right? Like there are, you know, this, I think no matter what you cut the way you cut it, when you look at the way this draft fell, this pick for the Baltimore Ravens, if they're making this pick, is the offensive line. It's just a matter of what position they're taking. You could also say Jordan Davis looks like a Raven, too. Just saying. They like those big defensive line. They do. I okay. just think like what's what am I who am I about to probably pay 200, 300 plus million dollars? Let's keep them alive for a little yep. bit longer. All right. So I have the Philadelphia Eagles at the 15th selection. Um, I'm torn here. I'm between two players. <clears throat> I really am. Uh, Eagles would love a cornerback, and they would have loved for Trent McDuffie to fall there. Unfortunately, not on the board. Um, there's probably chatter – with the Eagles possibly going Jordan Davis here. Don't forget Fletcher Cox is only on a one-year deal. Um, Howie Roseman, I think he said, they want, they need to get better pass rush. And I know he doesn't provide pass rush, um, you know, Jordan Davis, but he said he wanted to build on the trenches. And that's one way to do so uh, would be, you know, for Jordan Davis, they want to bulk up the middle of that, that interior defensive line. But I'm going to say no to that. Another position for the third year in the row, third year in the row, I think the <laughs> Eagles address. 
and uh, with the 15 uh, oh. the fix in the Pegasin. And with the 15th selection of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Drake London, wide receiver at USC. Now, let me tell you why, all right, before you get all crazy. I'm not I'm not crazy at all. I, I know you don't like him. I don't like him either. That being said, right, teams do like him. He's big. He runs good routes, especially. He can play outside boundary in the slot. Good yards after the catch. Fantastic, fantastic uh, uh, fights for the ball. You know, he, he, he can come – he's an 80-20 guy, meaning like 80% of the time, the jump ball, he's coming down with it. Uh, so he wins those contested catches. And I just feel like they got their speedster in Devonson Smith, add a little more size. I feel like they would want to add a little more size to that wide receiver core, wide receiver core. And because uh, they already have Rager and, you know, he's fast. So I just think they're looking to build their wide receivers like a basketball team, and they need that power forward. And that's why I'm saying Drake London. Yeah, I, I, honestly, Drake London makes a ton of sense, especially like when you look at Rager, you look at Devontae Smith, right? Like you look at what they have. Like you need a complimentary need, piece. Yeah, yeah. You need to be like red zone threat, you know, all those things. Like help out your quarterback because clearly this is your quarterback. So – I know it seems like sketchy that it's like three years in a row of uh, a wide receiver in the first round, but good news is Eagle fans, you have two picks this year. So it's not the only one you're making and there's a way there's ways to address um, everything that you're looking for. So, all right, next up number 16, overall the new Orleans saints. I'm going to be, Really, I'm just going to be really quick. I'm going to say the picks in. With the 16th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints offensive select offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning. And here's why. We talked about this last week, actually. We talked about this with Craig that, you know, you even talked about this in terms of like moving. I think it's more likely that they try to package these two to move up to maybe get that tackle to address it. But if they're sitting there and this guy falls to them at 16 overall, that's a hundred percent part of what they need to target. And if the guy's there, you you take them, you take them on the off chance that one of these next two teams that picks in between now and then might want to take that individual as well. Cause you could argue both of those teams have a potential need at a tackle position in some capacity. So I think I think he makes a lot of sense. I I, I think you take him. I think you're tr- you're taking him with the the notion of building for the potentially building for the future and what the future state of the quarterback position might be in New Orleans whenever we figure that out. Okay. I think this is the pick. If this board falls this way, I think that is 100% the pick at 16. Very well, could be. Uh, they don't have offensive. They don't have a left tackle. They let Armstead walk to uh, Miami, and they do need they they do cover offensive linemen. Look, you look up and down their offensive linemen. They're full. They're filled with a bunch of first and second round selections uh, from previous drafts. So uh, they really do cover uh, the offensive line out there in New Orleans. All right, All right Lou, here we uh, go. So yes, number seven. Here we go. I I. I Wish you would have made another pick because you would have made my life a little easier. So, 
But I know where I'm going with this. It's not where I want to go with this, but I know where I'm going with this. And I, it's so obviously I got my Los Angeles Chargers on the board with the 17th over selection. Um, fans, let me tell you who I would want them to go here. It's Chris Olave. That's who I want them to go. I think uh, adding a speedster to that uh, that wide rec- that wide receiver core would make them really hard to defend. You got the big body Mike Williams. You got the smooth possession underneath wide receiver and Keenan Allen. You add Olave. Guess what? You open up a bunch of real estate in the intermediary uh, part of the field with Olave. Um, he's one of the best deep ball cat, you know, catchers out there. He tracks the ball well. He you know, is ridiculously fast. And guess what? He runs amazing routes. I would love for this to be Olave. All that being said, it will not be Olave because there's a player still on the board. And I have it with good authority. If this player is still on the board, it's going to probably be the select. He's going to be the selection. The pick is in for the Los Angeles Chargers. And with the 17th overall selection, the Los Angeles Chargers take interior defensive lineman Jordan Davis from the University of Georgia. Now, this is not a bad pick whatsoever. I love me some Jordan Davis. Athletic freak. Combine killed it. Lost 20 pounds. Um, People say he didn't play a boatload of snaps at Georgia. You know what that tells me? Guess what? He doesn't have all the mileage on him. And he this is a perfect selection for him and a perfect place for him to go where he can pair up with Bosa, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, rotation, and really stifle opposing offenses and their offensive line. People's like, how can they take a nose tackle at 17? But let me tell you something, right? You're stopping. Last year, the Chargers, I think, allowed up five and a half yards of carry on first down. So meaning it was second second and four almost every time after their first after the first down when the teams ran it on them. Guess what? It's so it's so easy then to come up with a second down play and a third down play. The pass rush was never getting there because they were never in long down distances. You throw someone like Jordan Davis statue stature in the middle of that in, uh, defensive line, he's stuffing the run. He's helping with all the other additions they made. He's stuffing the run. Now it's second and 10, second 11, second and eight, second and nine. Guess what? Makes you a little less predictable when it comes to a defensive standpoint. It makes you more predictable on an offensive standpoint. Pass rushers can now get to the quarterback on these long throwing downs. So that's why I love, you know, I love Jordan Davis. I'd be, I'll be up in arms if he was there. It's just, I want the fun pick. I want the Olave pick, but it would be Jordan Davis if he's there. A harder pass up if he's there. Um, they view he, him as a top. They don't. They don't think he's going to be there, and they view him as a top fifteen selection. So yeah, I honestly think this is my gut, but I think at fifteen overall, the Eagles might take him if he's there and that's take true. the wide receiver at the second pick. That's very well true. That that can have uh, that. See now, if that's the case, I think uh, Alave goes to the Chargers at seventeen. And you're not mad about it. <laughs> like, I'm not mad way, about the so Jordan it. Davis. He just, you know, just wanted something a little more fun. Yeah, listen, it's Christmas Eve. 
Yeah. How, how scary would that look? Un- yeah. On the flip side, how scary would that defense look right there? He's uh, he, he, he terrifying. Me. Yeah, that would be very entire. Mac Bosa, Davis. Are you kidding me? Terrifying. Completely terrifying. All right. So with the 18th pick, the Eagles are back on the clock. They certainly are. Um, I'm going to make it quick because I think the pick is in because I think people, they in this draft, we had them draft wide receiver first. They're not going to wide receivers. I think they were looking at defensive back. Defensive back's gone. I think Jordan Davis was somebody they coveted. Jordan Davis is gone. So there's one gap left for me to fill for this team. With the 18th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select linebacker from Utah, Devin Lloyd. They never select linebackers, man. <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't care what anybody ever does. Did you do you not see this offseason that we just saw? And this is why, between you and I, this is why I think 15 is Jordan Davis, and then 18 is one of the four wide receivers that are left, is probably the way it's gonna shake out when all said and done. Um, what about Daxton Hill? Yeah, so I, I like the Daxton Hill pick, but I think like the sex appeal to them for what Daxton Hill does is more of that slot nickel corner who's playing close to the line of scrimmage. So when I think of things like I, I still I think Devin Lloyd, I don't want to say he's not a he doesn't fill a similar position because they're not the same position whatsoever. But I'm still thinking about somebody in the front in the you know the box right in the front seven. I think of somebody who to me has a ton of coverage skills and capabilities and can mark tight ends. Um, even stick with backs out of the backfield. I mean, there's just a lot to like Devin Lloyd, and I know they signed Kaiser White, um, but I just think that he he's the fit um when you think of like build and the way he looks and the way he was created he just like he kind of feels like he was genetically created in a lab somewhere no, he's not he's a great player he provides pass rush you know he could be people are like you're already throwing the idea of like micah parsons s type of uh play, you know label on him yeah he's not you know what I mean? Um, but he could be in similar vein, eerily similar. Um, and, and again, this is reacting to what has taken place prior to. And I think a lot of, again, if I, if I am sounding out what I think, I think it is defense first at 15 offense second here at 18, just the way that I kind of feel it playing out. So, yep. but, for me, the like I said, the picks in and, and it's it's Devin Lloyd. Yep. All right. So New Orleans Saints, their second uh selection of the first round. Uh with their first selection, they uh Weston had them taking offensive tackle Trevor Penning. And I think they stay on this side on the offensive side of the ball. Uh they you know, they do love those Ohio State players. Uh Michael Thomas, they had I think they had uh, Roby at one point. They, they just like Ohio, you know, Eli Apple. They love Ohio State players, New Orleans. And you could say that's a coincidence, but usually if, it, you know, the Baltimore Ravens love Alabama players, they fall in love with a pedigree and, and with a scheme that, you know, teams run. So I think they bolster uh, uh, the offensive side of the ball, and the pick is in for the New Orleans Saints. 
at 19, the New Orleans Saints take Chris Olave, wide receiver from the Ohio State. Listen, they have Michael Thomas. You know, some people call him AKA Mr. Slant, Slant Boy. He works that middle of the field. They need something to open up for the deep shots for Jamie, Jameis Winston. And I think Olave is that guy, like we said before, with the pick with the Chargers that, you know, uh, he is perhaps the best deep ball tracker out there. Blazing speed, runs fantastic routes. Him and Michael Thomas, you know, and then you have the, you know, left side protection with Trevor Penning. That's a good draft for them. Agreed. Uh, agreed. I, I see nothing wrong with that. Um, I think they'd be thrilled if Olave is there at 19 overall. So that brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20 overall. I mean, they should – yeah, I mean, come on. You should just, you know, finger, lo- finger roll this up. Picks in. Don't know <laughs> if I can. Because now we're, now we're talking about what do the Pittsburgh Steelers covet and what are they most attracted to. Let's just say this. If the board falls the way that it, it does right now or eerily similar – the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at taking a quarterback here. Fact. It's just a matter of which quarterback do the Pittsburgh Steelers take. I can make this real easy for you. I, I don't think this screams Malik Willis. Tomlin literally said at the end of the year, like um, the end of the year press conference, the modern day quarterback has to be really mobile. You can no longer have guys that are just pocket aware. He wants a mobile quarterback, man. Who's a mobile quarterback? Uh, and listen, yeah, it's Malik Willis. But look at the draft history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and other similar organizations, and this screams Kenny Pickett is what the pick screams. But they have Kenny Pickett already. His name is Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 right, um, and I do agree. I, I if this is the way the board falls, this is the pick that I make, and I do think ultimately Mike Tomlin gets guy. a guy that he is looking for and that he values and is not bowing down to what the Pittsburgh Steelers as an organization covet and traditionally value. The pick is in with the 20th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select quarterback from Liberty Malik Willis. Uh, yeah, I think that's the pick, man. I, th- I really do. Okay. I think they to trade up for him. Like I said, uh with Seattle. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm I'm reading more and more that there's an expectation that these guys are going to fall because teams are just like I don't and the good news is, is all those guys that picked in the middle don't have a need. So they're not going to take that, you know? Quarterbacks always get overdrafted. Always, always. But let's say, let's say this. Let's say Carolina does indeed pass, which we both think they will, right? Because they had that opportunity. Outside of Seattle, who's pulling the trigger? I'm going to go down. You have Atlanta. You have Atlanta. Malik Willis is there. You don't really. Malik Willis is there at eight. Like we already, he was there at eight. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, now we're going through you know, semantics here. If Kevin uh, Thibodeau is not on the board at eight, and let's say it's an offensive lineman instead, like so, for example, let's say, or let's say if Sting, you know, the Giants do select Thibodeau. Where does Atlanta go? Yeah. Okay. You can say wide receiver, but Atlanta. You got Seattle. Uh, psh, shit, you might even have the Vikings. I'm just not going to be shocked when Malik and other quarterbacks. I think there's two drop either this far or fall out. I well think two the top ten. I think I'm, I'll say that I think two quarterbacks are going to top fifteen. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, next pick, uh, New Orleans, New England uh, Patriots um, had the 20, uh, 21st overall selection. They traded their starting guard, right, uh, to Tampa Bay in an effort to help Tom Brady. That was very sweet of Bill Belichick. Guy just keeps on giving. So I think what New England's going to do is get one of those versatile offensive linemen that's really – they would love, by the way, a Trent McDuffie if he fell. That's like their guy. They lost J.C. Jackson. They've lost a lot of – they had a lot of attrition in that back end and that secondary. And I don't really see a cornerback right here that uh, that screams to me for them, the way they uh, – the what they look for in the cornerback. So I think, you know, <clears throat> probably they go offensive line, protect, you know, Mac Jones, and the pick is in for New England Patriots. With the 21st overall selection, the New England Patriots take Zion Johnson, interior offensive lineman for Boston College. And let me tell you why. Um, he's versatile. He plays center, guard, right tackle. They love those type of players. Uh, he just fits in there. He's a, he's a, he's a local uh, Bostonian uh, that has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it, by the way. But I just feel <laughs> like, I just feel like he, he just fits the pedigree of what they look for in offensive linemen. And um, I think that's why, why not continue to protect your, uh, you know, franchise quarterback. I, I mean, no qualms with me. He just fits what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like he. Just... I was in between him. I was in between him, Daxon Hill, and George Karloftis. I just feel like probably Zion's is the highest player player on their board. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Green you Bay. You get a Pack. fun one. You get a fun one. Yeah, it's this is easy for me. I mean pick us in. Pick us in. With the twenty second overall pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select wide receiver Arkansas Traylon Burks. Uh, this would be a deadly combination, man. Deadly combination. Rogers to Burks. Yeah. Um, Loving that. So you know, you know how I personally feel about Traylon. I know how you personally feel about Traylon. All that being said, you know, the, the other guys are gone. O- Olave, London, Wilson, Williams, right? So this is the me- next logical guy, a guy who I think can do it all, can line up in the slot. Um, obviously they got rid of Devante in the off season. So you have to go find a weapon 
for Aaron Rodgers, who is playing in the final few years of his contract. I mean, God only knows we go through the stock every year. This could be the final year. So who can you get him in who can adapt right away, who can make a difference? And the one thing that I think about fit that tra- that why Traylon fits so well is because he's so – I'll say he's so scheme diverse in terms of where you can line him up. You don't have to like – that. That pairing with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers took a, took some time. Not a lot, but it took a little time to develop right. that chemistry. With a guy like Traylon, when you can get creative with where you place him and how you get him the ball, you shorten that time frame, right? So it's more of like an immediate impact where number 12 can be like, dude, just do this, and I will hit you right between the fucking numbers. Just do it, what I tell you, right? Like, there will be immediate trust um, developed and immediate impact from someone like Traylon Burks. I'm going to go out and say it's a travesty that this guy's at 22 overall. He should be considered as one of the first ones to come up, but I understand teams look at things differently. But we are, as in, as the league and for the NFL, you are doing a disservice when you let a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers get exposure to a guy like Trey Lomberg's. Yeah. Right. All right. Hey, I'm just glad it's not in the AFC. All right. So the 23 overall pick Arizona Cardinals, this one's hard, man, because they're all hard right now, dude. Right. Because like it's well, the board falls funny ways, man. Yeah. So they really want a, a cornerback. They really can use an edge rusher. And I hear in chatters that they could uh, want another target for uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm flirting with Daxon Hill here, and let me tell you why. I'm, they love those versatile players, do they not? How many times sure. have I said that? The last two years I've been I've been dead on with the Arizona Cardinals. I knew they would take Simmons two years ago. I knew they would take the, uh, the Tulsa kid uh, last year. I forget his name. So I, I I'm dead on. They love versatile playmakers, and you know, in the, on the defensive side. So that's that screams to me. Daxon Hill, he can play corner, slot corner, safety, you know. And they need another boundary corner. They also need another edge rusher. They lost Chandler Jones. Carl Loftus would be a, you know, I'm not saying he's Chandler Jones, but he they he would provide some perhaps, uh, you know, juice on the other side of J.J. Watt. But ultimately, I kind of think this is a peace offering and a peace offering to Kyler Murray. And the pick is in for the Arizona Cardinals. With the 23rd, 23rd overall selection of the two... Uh, tw- uh, sorry, this is when you know the night's getting uh, long here. 2022 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, out of Penn State. He's the only one that provide he would provide something for I feel like that they don't have. They don't have a really fast guy. They have DeAndre Hopkins, uh great, great possession you know, receiver. I think they brought back AJ Green. All right. But Dotson is that guy that provides that vertical threat you know for them. And this can be like, you see, Kyler, we're trying to build around you. I, I agree. Um, I honestly think the Cardinals are really hoping that <laughs> Traylon Burks comes to them because yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is probably already in the lab. That, trying would, to that would also out. be fun there. Oh, my God. I'd be suicidal, bro. I'd be legit suicidal if that happened. 
Um, but it it makes a lot of sense. I think Dotson's gotten a rough slate in this offseason because he didn't work out at the combine, right? Or like he did, and then like he's I forget what it was, but like he and then with the senior bowl, he like showed up but didn't play or didn't practice, right? So like the the like the the short and t-shirt Olympics did not go well for him leading into the draft, but dude can play dude's a burner. Um, and he is a, especially losing that Christian Kirk piece. I, I think he's an immediate plug and play for, for them as well. Yeah. Which, no, I, like I said, I agree. Yeah. No, he went with, to the combine. He, uh, he ran a four four three, uh, thirty six inch uh, vertical. So, so it was the Senior Bowl then, right? That he didn't bowl. that yeah. he didn't participate in. Okay, so I'm not completely crazy. Um, all right, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I, I honestly, I think they they can go in so many different directions. I I do feel like. If they thought one of the like if Linderbaum or somebody was still there, like an opportunity to maybe upgrade on the offensive line, especially losing what's his face to Cincy. Um Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins, then you lost what's his other uh Connor um, Williams. Connor Williams is gone. Right. So, but I do think they had some faith in their backup with like McGovern and they still have Zach Martin there and they still have Tyron Smith. Right. So, you know, but I think they're, they're pretty equipped at the skill position and I think they're pretty comfortable on the offensive side of the ball. So I think a lot of this screams defense to me and just getting better on, uh, I, I, what I see here, I'm just, whatever, dude, the picks in. <laughs> <laughs> so with the what number are they 24th overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft the Dallas Cowboys select Arnold a B a T defensive line slash outside linebacker from Penn State all right so for our listeners or viewers that can't see this I think Weston is on your fifth class is that is that a, a Pino Pino there <laughs> It's actually still the same one I started with, but I won't tell you where I, call, I began with. I, the yeah, I, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> it's the first one I started the night this show with. Yes, yes. Um, they, they can go edge rusher here, 100% agree. Uh, but I actually do think they stay on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, there's a player there that I'm, oh, I'm up next, so that I'm probably going to select. But um, and it goes um, among the offensive line. So, <clears throat> all right. So the Buffalo Bills have the next selection, the 25th overall pick. A lot of chatter about them drafting a running back, a la what the Kansas City Chiefs did on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I hope they don't do that. I hate drafting first-round running backs. And I get it. You don't want Allen to rush, you know, run with the ball as much. All right, then go round two. Why does it have to be round one? All right. If you're really worried about Allen, fortify that offensive line or get him another playmaker. Last year, they did a great job getting two edge rushers, and then they got Von Miller. They would love a cornerback here, but <clears throat> the guy they want, he ain't there, and that's the McDuff- 
stuff a kid again. Now you could say, all right, maybe they look at Kyler Gordon, the uh, uh, cornerback, the other cornerback out of Washington, um, that maybe fits the bill. Don't think I think it's a little too rich at this point. I think they stay the offensive side of the ball and they bolster off their offensive line. So the pick is in for the Buffalo Bills. And with the 25th overall selection, the Buffalo Bills take guard Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. They're not really settled in the interior offensive line right there. Um, this is who I think, the, the, by the way, Kenyon Green's, I think, a real possibility for the Dallas Cowboys. But the Buffalo Bills are not settled at all at the interior offensive line. They, they signed Roger Staffel, who's 37 years old, and I think they have like a, some other – person named Bates or whatever. So they really need to fortify the interior offensive line. I think Green would provide that uh, protection, uh, you know, for uh, Josh Allen. I mean, listen, when when you're the Buffalo Bills, like it's it's, it's, an, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? Yeah. Like just go get BPA, go fill gaps, go do whatever it is you got to do. Mm-hmm. You're staying pat. You're not moving. I mean, you might even entertain somebody trying to trade back up into the first round and bail mm-hmm. out of there and recoup a couple. Um, love the pick. Don't love the pick if you're the Tennessee Titans because I think that's the exact position between yep. Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson that they're trying to address in this particular draft. So I agree. you're kind of left up creek without a paddle, which I do think causes them to quickly about face, um, especially looking at this board. I know there's – this is tough. There's there's a lot of chatter about this kid from Central Michigan, Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's only been playing tackle for a couple years. I know he's like supremely athletic. He's a converted tight end, and we've seen a lot of success from those type of guys. But I really think the move for them and what they were hoping to do was to address the interior of the offensive line in this first round of the draft. And the well, two guys- they, they could do that if they selected Raymond by kicking uh, Dylan Raddins into guard and Raymond at right tackle. They could. I just don't know. I, I just don't know if that's the immediate play, right? Like it, it could be. It could not be. Um, I don't know. What I do think is those two gentlemen being gone, I think this causes them to divert their attention and look elsewhere on where they can – immediately not improve but bolster this playoff ready team um that has a top 10 quarterback in the nfl if you ask a certain somebody going until last year we'll see if that remains the same uh but to me i i think i think this is going to be the play based on the way the board falls i think this is what the tennessee titans will do the pick is in With the 26th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select edge rusher from Purdue, George Karlaftis. All right, getting a little more on that defensive side of the ball. Now, there was, I think there was a player there. I'm a little shocked you didn't look into a little more. Kenny Pickett. I hear there's chairs with Tannenhill. You know, they, they, they did not love his performance last year in the playoffs. And they could, if one of these quarterbacks fall down, they could be looking. I feel like to really, uh, you know, pounce on that. 
Yeah. I see that as the long-term strategy, but I also see a team that was the number one seed overall going into the playoffs last year in the AFC and a team that did that without a health, uh, a healthy Derek Henry. So that's why I think the interior offensive line is the most critical because how do we, we know what Vrabel wants to do. He wants to ground and pound. How do you do that? You find maulers up front, et cetera. Those people aren't there. What's the other thing that Vrabel wants to do? He wants to get after the quarterback. He wants to impose his will on the defensive side of the ball so that when I'm grounding you out on the offense, I can ground you out on the defense. I agree wholeheartedly if Kenny Pickett's still sitting here, they're going to rack their brains on like if this is the pick, especially if those interior offensive linemen are gone. I just think when I look at this board, if not if I'm, I'm going to say Vrabel is going to say to company, like, who makes us better right now, right? Like, who gets us over this this hump in a super competitive AFC? And I think the edge rusher can come in and contribute more impact, uh, more immediately than the quarterback will, even though that might be the long-term play. Yeah. All right, so I have Tampa Bay, Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, they they lost their safety uh, to the New York Jets and Jordan Whitehead, and I feel like they're looking to perhaps uh, you know re, re, you know replenish that. Now it all comes down for me. All right, what's their poison? Because there's a boatload of good safeties out there. Um, the kid from Georgia. Uh, uh, it could be Jalen Petrie, but I think ultimately I just I'm high on this kid. This could, yeah, I feel like uh, this individual providing versatility, which they covet, and it'll be like a chess piece for them. And I personally think they're looking well. Yeah. All right, let me back it up. Looking at their roster right now, they have their free safety in Winfield Jr. They need more of a strong safety. All right. My pick's in. With the 27th overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Lewis Seen from the safety from uh, University of Georgia. Uh, watch this kid's tape, man. This kid flies. His his, his angles when he, he uh, hits running backs are bar none. Fantastic. No wasted movement. Uh, he can play – he can play uh, – uh, he can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's athletic, uh, and he comes down with a with some fury. And he has he, just watch him in his pursuit to the ball carrier is, is really amazing. So I think uh, they replace uh, one of their safeties. They lost in free agent to the Jets, and they they reload with another uh, you know uh, you know piece in the back end there. I, I I love it actually. I you know a lot of people have him slotted as a, a second round pick. I mean when you get to this bottom half of this 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 first round, like it, it's split in hair, six one way, half a dozen the other. I think scene paired with Winfield is formidable to say the least. And I think uh, I dude, I love it. I I, yeah. I think that's a a great pick for this team. Um, so. Now in lies the rub for me for the Green Bay Packers. Just pick his teammate. <laughs> yeah, 
that's probably what I'm going to do, but I'll give an explanation here. Um, I, they went wide receiver earlier. They could have just as easily gone wide receiver um, with this, this second pick and maybe address some other things. Um, I just, I just think as much as I know Aaron Rodgers needs playmakers and I'd love to see them just dump the first half of their picks like into getting these folks, you, you got to address both sides of the ball in this league. Um, that defensive line outside of um, Kenny Clark is devoid uh, of talent. I know they retained Preston Smith, Lawson Darius um, Smith, but even Preston was kind of a, a shell of himself last year. He just proved to be the better of the two and hence got the extension. Um, they need some, they need some depth um, and they need some big bodies. So pick is in. With the 28th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select defensive tackle from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, he he just looks like a like a Packer, right? Like that that, that guy is just you know he's just a freak in the interior of that uh, defensive line. Um, he'll be some problems, you know, applying pressure him and Clark up the middle, uh, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the edges. That's a formidable defensive line, and they're really young, so. Uh, that's a that, that's a great selection right there. If, if if he can fall to them, that that that'd be a no brainer. I feel like they'd just be running running up uh, running their card up there. Agreed, hundred percent. All right, so I think I'm gonna shock you with this next pick. The Kansas City Chiefs have two first round picks. They're back to back. I've stated that they traded away Tyreek Hill to get a more complete team and and they need to address the defensive side of the ball probably with these next two picks uh everyone who thinks they're going to uh select a wide receiver right away they did address the wide receiver position somewhat they got juju they got mvs you know they have a uh, hardman there too so uh let's not forget about kelsey so it's not like they're totally absent when it comes to the skill position you don't need to burn uh, a, a first round wide receiver in this type of draft because there are so many good ones. All right. All that being said, Veach, general manager of Kansas City Chiefs, loves this edge rusher. He loved him even before the Senior Bowl, apparently. Right. Some people might think this is. Uh, I liked. I liked him. Uh, uh, this gentleman. This. Uh, this uh, edge rusher. Uh, when watching him at the Senior Bowl, but there's a lot of infatuation. When it, with the Kansas City Chiefs with this player. Pick is in. With the 29th overall selection, the Kansas City Chiefs take Boye Mafe, edge rusher from Minnesota. Uh, what they like, like I said, he, lo- he loved, uh, they felt, uh, Veach apparently felt like, um, you know, Boye Mafe was, Played out of position and not in the right scheme in Minnesota. He loved the fact that he was able to come to the Senior Bowl. He never was able to put. It, he never played in a position where he put his hand in the dirt. Three days before the Senior Bowl, he started you know experimenting and basically showed that he can you know learn really quick, learn different types of skill sets and, and schemes. And I think uh, this is an edge rusher they look to add some juice to that defense. I'm like envious of the Chiefs scenario and what they can do here um, in this scenario because I think they can go offense. I think they can go defense. I think it's highly likely that they go defense with both of these picks. 
um, where they've been lackluster and let Andy Reid be the genius he is and just create opportunity for the guys that they have. Um, that being said, <clears throat> I, I I honestly believe like that could have been Mafe, that could have been Daxton Hill, that could have been a couple different people on the defensive side of the ball. What I would do is I'd go Mafe and Daxton Hill, like consecutive, if this is the way the board falls. Mm -hmm. I think Daxton Hill feels really similar to uh, Tyron Matthew um, mm -hmm. in some capacity, right? Can do a lot of things for you. I know we've seen some of the best of Tyron Matthew in his latter years, which means more of a safety, whatever. But when he came into this league, he was a nickel kind of guy, right? Like he was yeah. what you, the honey badger. He did everything. Daxton Hill kind of cut from a similar cloth. That's what I would do. Um, don't think that's what's done. I think the void uh, of Tyreek Hill will be felt. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster fills that. I don't think anybody, and there's no one player that can bring all of that back when all said and done. But I think this is an opportunity to get younger, to get cheaper, um, and to get creative with a guy that could potentially have a lot of production in the NFL. So the pick's in. With the 30th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select wide receiver from Western Michigan, Sky Moore. Yeah, no, he's been flying up the draft boards. Uh, Jason Ponte was on our show previously, was talking about you know his love affair for him, and pretty much he has him as his fourth overall wide receiver. Sky Moore would be real impressive with the Kansas City Chief and, and also dangerous. Uh, so that could that will add another dimension to that the Kansas City uh, offense. Uh, like I said, you can't replace a Tyreek Hill, but maybe help soften the blow there. Uh, he's really fast. He's a really good route runner. Uh, good hands. Uh, good selection there. I just I don't love it. I mean, this could be Christian Watson. This could be a number of people. When all said and done, um, it just feels to me like. He's a guy that Andy Reid can get like really creative with. I agree. Yeah. And that's what I'll tell you who's also about. loving I'll tell you who also is loving this pick with uh the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. Because there's they were sweating it out. Uh they want a cornerback. They need some more help on the boundary side. And thinking that the Chiefs are going to select their target, they're happy they didn't. The the, the pick is in for Cincinnati. 31st overall selection, Cincinnati Bengals take Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida. So let me tell you why they can afford to take this, uh, 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 Kair Elam, is they addressed offensive line completely in free agency. They upgraded the right tackle. They already had their left tackle. They got their guard. They got their center. Say what you want. I mean, the, the jury's still out on their second overall, second round pick from last year, Jackson Carmen from Clemson. I can't just say no. You can't just throw him away yet. So they've done a tremendous job uh, among the offensive line free agency, right? <clears throat> they had the skill positions. They had the running back. They got the quarterback. Um, you know, they, if you notice what they did last year, what made him so successful against these high powered offenses is play a lot of coverage in the back end, drop a lot of guys in coverage. And Kyrie Elam, he's a dog from Florida. He shut, you know, he he battled with Jameson Williams. You want to talking about a guy that can hold his own? 
I think that'll be a perfect fit, and they're elated to see him there. Isn't he like? First of all, I love his play. Isn't he? He's related to Jason Elam, right? Is it cousins or I forget brothers? Cousins, cousins. I think the cousins. Yeah, another uh, former Florida guy, New York Jet guy for a little while. Uh, No, excuse me, Baltimore Raven guy for a little while. Um, Love the pick. Um, I think Cincinnati's feeling really for. I agree, thinking really fortunate that. They probably have the pick of the litter um, as to who they wanted there. There's a couple of good cornerbacks sitting on the board, whether it's Roger McCreary or, or some other folks out there that they might um, be in play for. But I agree, right? Like they have an embarrassment of riches as, as well. All young, all super talented, and yeah. an opportunity to get even younger um, and even more talented. Now, if the board falls this way, and we all know that it won't, this pick for the Detroit Lions becomes legitimately a no-brainer, and they are running to the podium probably after, like, pick 24. Like, please just, like, take this now. Please just, like, take this now, knowing that nothing else is going to happen unless somebody trades up above them. You're talking about N'Kobe Dean, right? N'Kobe <laughs> Dean, 100%. The correct, correct. Um, pick is in. With the 32nd pick and the final pick in the 2022, in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select quarterback from Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it would be a no-brainer. You know, he can sit behind Goff. He doesn't have to. He he is pro-ready. But, uh, you know, that would be a no-brainer for them to get an edge rusher and a quarterback. You know, in the first round, that's a pretty good haul for the Detroit Lions. So what's so crazy about this? And again, you and I both know that this is not the way that it's going to fall, right? I think it's a perfect draft. I don't think we got one. I think we we know there'll be some trades. There'll be some movement. There'll be things that we didn't account for intentionally. That being said, it's it's incredible that how much perception changes in the difference of 30 picks. Right. Like if it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett taken at number two overall, expectations are drastically different. If he's taken 32nd overall, all of a sudden it just like it doesn't feel like a first round pick anymore. It doesn't feel like certain things. Right. The contract doesn't hit as heavy. Um, It's just like certain things that. You take into account now and all of a sudden you're like, that's a home run pick. That's what they should do. They should get the second-rated quarterback off the board, and we should get them on this roster. And if he doesn't pan out, you don't feel like you lost anything because you didn't give up the number two pick for him. Yeah. If he does pan out, you're like, look at all this house money we're playing with because we picked them. We picked them thirty-two overall, right? I mean, like, it's 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 just it's crazy, just, like perception. It's just we're talking about like how crazy it is the fact that Willis can go second overall and he went 20th in our draft which is i'm just saying like that's how much range these prospects have and that's why this this draft is exciting i didn't not saying the talent is full bullet of talent but that's why it's exciting you're 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 you're, the fifth overall pick whoever you select could also go 25th and i'm still hoping out that you know willis possibly goes to the lions i think that would be a, a good uh good fit for the Lions at two and everyone's like oh it's too rich 
Is Willis at nine too rich? Let's say if he goes to Seattle. I don't think that's too rich. So what's seven more picks? You know, they have the luxury to to possibly get a franchise quarterback, right? Possibly get a franchise quarterback. Whilst well not, but also still have another first round pick to address a need in such yep. a deep defensive draft. I don't really see that, that much of a risk. All right. So let's say you don't go Wills and let's say you do get a Hutchinson or a Walker. And then let's listen, Pickett won't be the pick at 32, right? Like they're going to get another contributor. So what happens if they start winning? If they then get, do you think they're going to be a bottom top, a bottom two, uh, bottom team next year? If they get these, all these contributors, it'll be, if they become mediocre, then they're in no man's land. Then they're stuck with Goff. They won't be able to get the quarterback from Ohio State and Shroud. They won't be able to get uh, the kid from Alabama next year. The, these are the top two quarterbacks. So and guess what? If they start winning games, they're shooting themselves in the foot. So if they don't think they can – it's some forward thinking, why not then get Willis at two? Yeah. Listen, there's – I know I'm sitting in the 49ers draft room right now. I know you're sitting in the Chargers draft room right now, but there's just <laughs> such a difference in philosophy. Um, and that's what makes the draft so fun because everything right now is speculation. Oh, yeah. Sources. What I don't care what you think you have. It's all speculation up until that ticket is handed in. And even then it becomes speculation because you don't know what the team in front of you is going to do. You don't know what the team behind you is going to do. You don't know what the team 10 picks behind you is going to do. And there's so much flexibility. And what makes this the scariest, dude, is how many teams? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven teams have multiple picks in the first round. Seven teams. I thought it was eight, no? Oh, eight. I didn't count the lines. Eight. Yeah. Eight teams have multiple picks in the first round. That's also unprecedented territory, right? So there's mm-hmm. just so much mobility that can take place. And that's why even wearing the jersey that I'm wearing in the draft room that I'm in, I'm still so excited as an NFL fan to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, especially when we see teams almost devaluing more so than ever these future picks. Like if there's a guy that they want and there's a guy that that general manager wants, you can have my first round pick next year. I don't know how much value that's going to be, especially if you're a competitive team, right? Like if you're a team that's in the top half of the league, like I ain't worried about that because my first round pick next year is going to be 24 or below. It's the equivalent of a second round pick, right? When we talk about 15 to 16 Maybe. gradable first round draft picks, it's a second round pick trading out of it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So. All right, man. Lou, that well, wraps us up with yet another exquisite and perfect uh, mock draft for our listeners and our fans, all millions of you. Lou will be dropping on Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday morning. Yeah. So hot off the presses, he will drop drop his mock draft. I will mock it. I will <laughs> ridicule it. I will do everything every that I can. Every pick. But let's be very clear about this. Lou statistically d- 
does mock better than a lot of the guys you subscribe to on ESPN.com and NFL.com and CBS.com and all of these guys. So I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, he does does very, very well with this. I will um, not get one right this this. <laughs> this I know. I just totally it's actually a possibility. Right. It's actually a possibility because, like we said. Yeah. Well, listen, know. this is the problem, right? Like, in years past, you could be like, I know I got the first pick right. Yep. Like, you could be totally wrong with the – you could go 0 for 1, and then it's just all fucking downhill from there. If you don't get, like, 4 or 5 right in the first 15, you're in for a long, long you're night. You're in for a lot of trouble. It's harder to – yeah. Yeah, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, Just for shits and giggles, I might, I, you know, I might put one together, and I'm going to send it to you, Lou, and I'll send it to you as a receipt. Right, I'll send it to like not like steal any thunder or anything along those lines, but something that just like God forbid I'm accurate. I need someone to be like, oh, bro, like you were actually pretty accurate. You know yeah, what I mean? So of course. I'm going to put one together. Lou's, Lou is going to be externally facing on behalf of himself and on behalf of the We're Talking Football podcast. But that wraps us up for our round one mock draft coverage. We plan on doing this year over year over year. Um, in future years, we'll get in a little bit deeper, but it was important for us to do our roundtable um, session that you guys were able to listen to last week. So, Lou, like I always do, where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. And Weston, how can they watch our pretty faces here? Do you want to see our pretty faces and our sleek backgrounds for this episode? <laughs> Go ahead and check us out. At we're talking football on YouTube. Please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe so you're notified when we we drop future videos. Uh, but I hope everybody enjoys the the draft as much as we will, and we'll see you next week. All right, all right.